I'm going to quote today from the book of Isaiah, Old Testament. And the prophet Isaiah declares into the earth, before Christ is ever born, he declares that there is a child coming. And this is what it says, Isaiah chapter 9. For unto you, or unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. These will be his royal titles. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His ever-expanding peaceful government will never end. He will rule with perfect fairness and justice from the throne of his father David. He will bring true justice and peace to all the nations of the world. This is going to happen because the Lord of heaven's armies has dedicated himself to it. Can anyone say amen? What a great proclamation. What a great declaration. What a great promise that God would create the greatest rescue plan humanity has ever known. I believe here we can get something from here for our Christmas season, something to remind us, something to strengthen us, something us that can really just help us to stay focused on who we are and who we belong to and why we're here. There's three things that I believe stand out here from this declaration in Isaiah. And first one is God is giving us a foundation to build our lives upon, not a foundation that is the work of man, but the foundation that is the work of God. You can build your life on human things to a certain degree, but all human things are subject to failure. But when you build your life on eternal things, something that has always existed, I believe Isaiah is reminding us here that we can build our lives and we can build our lives on a strong foundation, an eternal foundation. You can build your life on this foundation, the foundation of who we are, the foundation of who we belong to, the foundation of unto you a child is born. I believe also the second thing we can get out of this is God is giving us a future to look forward to. Maybe there's things that you don't like on the, in the world today. Maybe there is injustice for so many people. Maybe there's things that you don't like and you're like, well, I'm gonna become a lawyer. I'm gonna be majoring on this and I'm gonna focus on this. And maybe there is something about you that says, yeah, it's wrong and I'm gonna bring right to it. And you can endeavour to do that. But at the end of days, when you think about all the people that have lived through all the civilizations where injustice has been uh, their portion in life, ultimately, what is God doing through here? He's saying, ultimately, in the end, justice will be served. And I believe when you bring God into the narrative, there is a greater hope for humanity, not a weaker hope or a lesser hope. Sometimes we just got to accept that the justice we want to see will come in the lifetime of, in terms of the promise of God, not just so much in our lifetime. So what I'm trying to say is, is there, there is a, a leaning towards an eternal perspective here. Instead of being so enamoured by the temporary, we can be reminded of the Christmas season of something bigger than us, greater than us, something stronger than we could ever imagine, something so hopeful that it literally holds us beyond this temporary situation. I just think this is powerful and a foundation we can build our lives on. People do build their lives on temporary things. They build their lives on things subject to failure. And I think for you and I, we need to remind ourselves, are we gonna build our lives on something eternal? And that's what I believe this declaration does. The third thing is 
God is promising His favour to surround us all the days of our lives. I don't know about you, but I wanna be surrounded by the favour of God. What does the favour of God look like? Well, I believe it looks different on different people, but I believe ultimately God's favour is His blessing. I believe God's favour is undeserved. I believe it's because of Jesus that we can enjoy the favour of God's grace and mercy towards us. So I believe with Jesus, you'll always find yourself favoured by God because it's Jesus that makes us acceptable to God. Let me call today's message title, if I can call it anything, would be the day you were born. Can you remember the day you were born? I can't remember the day I was born. I just know it happened. <laughs> but the day you were born. On the 23rd of February, 1685, George Frederick Handel was born in a German town of Halle. Not too far away from Berlin. Handel went on to live in London, moved to London in 1721 to continue on composing music for operas. One of the masterpieces that Handel wrote was Messiah. Unto us a child is born, taken from the biblical narrative recorded in Isaiah chapter nine. Handel began working on the music for Messiah in August 1741, and it was completed in just 24 days. This music composition of Messiah has three parts to it. The first part is the promise given by the promise given by the prophet Isaiah. The second part is the announcement of the birth of Christ given to the shepherds that we find in the Gospel of Luke. And the third part of Handel's Messiah is the death, the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. It's an incredible composition of music and I believe it resonates even today in our modern culture, all around the world, some of the leading orchestras and most talented, gifted composers and people from, from uh, you know, in the music side of this, they share this so many times around the world, especially at the Christmas season. You will hear the Handel's Messiah and obviously Yuli just played a little bit on the violin there, but it's majestic, it's wonderful, it's powerful. And I don't know about you, but I love that this young man, Handel, was able to create out of the gift that was on his life. And even today it's been shared for countless hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people around the earth. I believe it's something that God has blessed us with. I believe it's something that God has reminded us that the death and not just the death, but the birth of Christ and the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Christ, which means the commissioning of the church, you and I today, is still something that needs to be proclaimed all over the earth in Jesus' Name, Amen. Well, oh, I pray we never forget what this season is about. But let me say this about Jesus being born. He was born to die. He was born to die. You could say, well, <laughs> Aren't we all born to die? But no, I believe we were born to live. Christ was born to die for a whole lot of sinful people that weren't looking for God, but because of His perfect sacrifice, because of Himself being the perfect, unblemished sacrifice that God would accept. If you can understand these things, it makes perfect sense that someone would lay down their life to ransom a whole lot of people who weren't deserving of life. And that's exactly what we get in this narrative. It's incredible. And I honestly believe that we can't sing about it enough. We can't pray about it enough. We can't talk about it enough. It's glorious. It's redeeming. It's beautiful. And we should never be tired of the great rescue story 
story that God has given us a son, a child. Now, I don't know about you, but he was born to die, which meant he had purpose over his life. He knew that he had come into the earth for a greater reason than just to survive. His wasn't, re- he, you know, if you ask yourself, what is most people doing today? Are they surviving or are they flourishing? If you ask the people of Berlin today, the 3.7 million people that call this place home, are people surviving or are people flourishing? It's a very subjective question, I understand that, but I believe today, if I can encourage any one of you today that have come here today to be encouraged, is to realise that you were born to live. You were born to live. And not just live for a few moments, but to live eternally. Because the moment you were born, the moment you were conceived, there'll never be a day where you and I will not exist because we are created in the image of God, which means our spirit will live forever and ever. That's why we preach the good news. That's why we bring this tension to the table because people's eternity is worth fighting for. The day you were born was a great day. You were seen and people smiled at you. You embraced and people loved you. And possibly possibly the most important part, you were fed. (laughs) And people cared about you. Isn't it incredible, right at the beginning of your entry point in life, you were seen, you were smiled upon, you were loved, you were embraced, and you were fed. I honestly believe we overlook sometimes the most simplest things that can bring so much goodness into our lives. When you were born, you made some people very happy. But there's something more significant than any of that and not just the realities of our families and loved ones celebrating is when we come into the earth. But when you were born, all of heaven was rejoicing. You might not understand these things, but my job today is to open the Word of God and to bring the Word of God to you. I don't think you're gonna flourish by living a life of unbelief. I believe believing is such a strength to living a flourishing life. I mean, the tragedy is when you're born, you don't born, you're not born as an unbeliever in, in the sense of you, you're kind of like you're wide-eyed and everything's before you. It's years later where we learn to go from believing to unbelieving. And I think it's a tragedy and that's why we need the Christmas season. That's why we need these times in the year to remind us of what God has for us, what God says about us. And so I believe that don't underestimate the power of being seen. Nobody wants to be unseen. Nobody wants to be frowned upon, you know. I think it's so powerful to simply smile. I've not got the best smile, but I'm gonna smile. We live in a city where if you smile at someone you don't know, it's considered really, really weird. Our point I'm making is is that we are better when we're smiling. And I think children respond to a smile. I think children learn how to smile because they're smiled upon. The day you were born, yeah, I would agree it's a great day, but the day you discover why you were born, I believe is even greater. And I think Christmas reminds us that Christ was born to die for sinful humanity. Christ rescued us back into right relationship with God. Therefore, Christmas reminds us of the bigger purpose of our own lives. Unto you a child is born. 
Why do we need to pay attention to that? Because it's the way God introduced Himself to us. Children don't tend to be intimidating. They don't tend to be threatening. And yet King Herod was intimidated by the announcement of a new king, an everlasting king, a glorious king, a justice king, a king that will be fair and his government will not cease. And he made a decree, King Herod, to slaughter any baby male child under the age of two. And you honestly think today's a bad day? History has proven that if evil reigns, tragedy will happen. And so many babies lost their lives because of an intimidated king. And yes, men's kingdoms will be intimidated. Men's kingdoms will be threatened. And men's kingdoms do come and go. But this is a righteous kingdom. This is a holy kingdom. This is an eternal kingdom. He is a righteous king who will rule with righteousness forevermore. This is the proclamation and the declaration that Isaiah gives us. This is what makes Handel's Messiah so powerful and resonate with those who don't even go to church or go anywhere to the house of God, but it somehow strikes the chord in each and every one of us. So yes, babies, they're not intimidating. They're actually hopeful. It reminds all of us that there's hope and there's beauty some of the words that I believe God gives us to remind us about the power of birth and the power, about the power of a child and about the power of being uh, coming into the earth is, is found in Isaiah 41 here. 49, let me say it that. Uh, Isaiah 49, it says this. Can a mother ever forget the child she births? Can a mother not have love for her own son? Yet even if, it could, even if that could happen, I will never forget you. So he's just basically saying a mother's never forget the child that she births. A mother is never gonna stop loving her own son. But he's saying, even if the mother does forget, this is what God's promise is for you and I. I will never forget you. I don't know what it is you're facing. I don't know what it is you've come from. I don't even know what you're going into, but I need you to understand today, His voice needs to be louder than any other voice. His promise needs to be stronger than any other lie. He's the one who's working towards your well-being, and He promises you and me in this season, I will never forget you. You are not forgotten. I don't know if that helps anyone today, but I'm telling you, it matters when you feel like you are forgotten to be reminded of the one that created us has not forgotten us. And I want you to know you are not forgotten. I believe the Psalmist, Psalm 71 captures it for us. God has never been absent. It says this, Yes, you have been with me from birth and have helped me constantly. No wonder I'm praising you. No wonder I'm praising you. I think when you acknowledge that really the truth is that God has always been there, it does cause you to go, praise be to God. But I wonder, are we always praising God? I guarantee when we stop praising God, it's because we've stopped realising that God is on our side. You cannot accept that God is with you and then refuse to praise God. I think the praising of God is the overflow of a thankful heart, a forgiven heart, but it's the acknowledgement that God is for me. God is with me. God has been with me all the time. You cannot have a praising heart and be absent to the fact that God is with you. But I tell you what, you can be absent in praise when you've forgotten that actually God is with you. 
So maybe if we're having a little bit of a down, not too crazy time, it's possibly because we've just forgot the fact He's not with us. And I'm telling you, you start thinking about it. He's with me. He's always been with me. When I was born, when I was conceived, when I came into the earth, He's been with me all along. Even when I didn't know Jesus, He somehow was there. And there's a lot you can start to connect the dots when you look back and you go, but by the grace of God, I believe that's what we're fighting for at Christmas time is to remind ourselves that God has never really been absent. Sometimes I feel like we just gotta realise that He's always been there and He will always be there because He says, I will never forget you. Another encouragement from Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, God has holy plans for you. This is what it says, Jeremiah chapter 1, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. You really knew all about me? Really? Yes. Isn't that crazy to know that God knows all about us before we even came into the earth? I think it's mind-blowing. And it's a tragedy when humanity, created in the image of God, forgets that we are purposed by God for noble things. Before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you were born and saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations. That's what I have in mind for you. You know, God actually has holy plans for you. Whoever I'm talking to today in this crowd, whether you're younger, older, whether you've come from the Latino world or the Asian part of the world or whether you're from from Europe or whether you're just a good old Berliner, which they always love to tell. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what's going on. At the end of the day, God has holy plans for you. The word holy means separated. Another word is sanctified. He has sanctified plans for you. He has separated plans for you. Maybe you've never experienced them plans. Maybe you've come close and turned away. Maybe you've maybe walked in them plans and walked away. But I want you to know whatever plan you have for your life, God's plan is better. Whatever plans you can come up with, God's plans are bigger. And I just pray today for anyone, everyone in this place today that we would just surrender to the fact, acknowledge that God's holy plans are over your life, over my life. And if we were to honour God for that, if we were to thank God for it, it's amazing how them holy plans begin to unfold in our lives. How many people in here today, you want them holy plans to unfold for your life? I just thank God for the Word of God because when you read the Word of God, it's hard to get depressed. Mind you, it's easy to get depressed when you don't read the Word of God. But I just want you to know is the Word of God is a light unto your path. It literally is a light to your pathway. It's a light to your future. It's a light to your progress. It's literally the Word of God can build faith. The Word of God can bring insight. The Word of God can bring wisdom when everything seems to be against you. I can't talk enough about the Word of God. Amen. Even if you're asleep here right now, hearing my voice, it's the Word of God that's still gonna get inside of you as you're snoring. A couple of people woke up. Listen to this one in Galatians chapter one. This is the New Testament written by the Apostle Paul. God has designs on you. It says this, I am sure that you've heard of the story of my early life when I lived in the Jewish way. In those days, I went all out in persecuting God's church. I was systematically destroying it. 
I was so enthusiastic about the traditions of my ancestors that I advanced head and shoulders above my peers in my career. Even then, God had designs on me. Why? When I was still in my mother's womb, He chose and called me to serve Him out of sheer generosity. Now He has intervened and revealed His Son to me so that I might joyfully tell the non-Jewish people about Him. I believe what God has done in, Peter's, in Paul's life is what God wants to do in your life. Look at Paul. He's called Saul and he is absolutely fervent against the church. Everything that it represents. God commissions it, so he's fighting God. Woe to anyone that wants to pick a fight with what God is into. Well, they're picking on me at work. Oh, they're just picking on God. Don't worry about it. Just say, God, they had a go at you. And you know, God is incredible because He doesn't turn around and bully everybody. God just somehow gives you a sense of, you know what, you're bigger than that. Get above it. They pulled me down, but I went above it. They sidelined me, but I somehow came back to the forefront. They try to forget me, but they can never forget me because my Father is working on my behalf. I don't know what it is that you face. And for some of you who come from other countries, honestly, you know, we do, um, our hearts are for you for the challenges you face, the everyday challenges, trying to re-establish your family, trying to re-establish your career, trying to maybe come back to a place that you had in your own country, but today you've got to do more exams, more situations, more paperwork. Listen, whoever you are, wherever you're from, don't feel sorry about your life right now. I'm telling you, whatever challenges you are, bring God into it. Keep praising Him, keep thanking Him. Thank Him for who He is. Thank Him for what He's doing. Because I'm telling you, your best days are ahead of you. And no one would take away from the fact that it's challenging. It's just the reality is, is it's not over for you. Keep your head up. You're in the house of God. You're in the Word of God. You're thanking Him for what He has spoken over your life. And I believe it will keep you when sometimes it's really difficult to keep going. So I wanna encourage you with this promise. You know, God is using a man that is an enemy to the church and He turns it around and turns this enemy to the church into one of the greatest advocates and builders of the church. So what does that mean for you and I? Don't be enamoured by what you see right now. Maybe you have family and you don't see any ounce of a desire for God, but I'm telling you, God can turn it in a moment, in a moment. Maybe your visit to home this year is gonna be a moment. Maybe your visit to family this year is gonna be a God encounter. Maybe your visit this time to friends and family is gonna be the very thing that God is gonna use. And if it's not an encounter with Jesus, it's seed sown, it's eternal seed sown. Because I believe all of us can be ministers of reconciliation. All of us can be used for God's incredible rescue plan. So if I can give you some things to take away with from this today, the first thing I would love to give you is number one, your future is bigger than your past. The day you were born, your future is always gonna be bigger than your past. It's just tragic that when we get a little bit older that we start to make our future smaller and we keep making our past bigger. I think it's tragic for all of us that are obviously grown up to a certain age where sometimes it's just like we just make our past bigger, way too big. Sometimes your future, it's amazing and it's all that God has put before you, but it just doesn't seem to be real to you. Why? Because you're paying way too much attention to your past. The present 
is something that you and I all have. All of us right now have this moment. It's called the present. And one of the greatest presents you can give to the present is the future. One of the things that will diminish the future is by making the present all about the past. Maybe for you it's, well, I've got 15 reasons not to believe. But it's not a competition because I can probably find 100 million reasons why you can believe. And if you wanna try and equal that, then what course are you plotting for your life? Because it's not about winning by going down this road of I've got a million reasons why not, because there's gonna be amazing reasons why you are a child of God. There is nothing that can establish who you are more than that statement. A family member who belongs to God. That's why the house of God matters. That's why Sundays are worth fighting for. That's why we can never be silent. That's why we proclaim like Isaiah, unto you the child is born. His royal titles will be Counselor, Wonderful, Everlasting Father. He will be the Prince of Peace. I tell you, we have to work hard today in a world that is obsessed with self, a world that is literally doing its very best to take itself down the wrong path. And I can't encourage you enough to consider your future is always, when it comes to God, bigger than your past. Everyone in the room has got a past. Everybody acknowledges that, but we're not gonna let the past dictate the future. What child? is born worrying about its past. I've never seen a child, I'm worried about my past. Everything about a child is forward. Everything about a child is when's my next feed? When's my next feed? Everything about a child is looking forward, looking forward. At what point did we start looking, stop looking forward and start letting behind become the dominating factor? So all I'm encouraging you today is that your future is much, much bigger than your past. And if you want that to be a reality, you've gotta be decisive about, I'm not letting the past dominate my future. It's in my past. The best thing about the past, it's past. The best thing about the past, it's past. The best thing about mistakes in your past, it's in the past. If you're gonna make any new mistakes, let it be in the future. Number two, God's promise is stronger than a lie. God's promise is stronger than a lie. I'm telling you, God's promise is stronger than any lie. You know what's over your life? God's promise. You know what's stronger than any lie? God's promise. What's gonna define your Christmas? God's promise. This is the tension that you and I have to wrestle with. Are we surviving or are we flourishing? Jesus was born to die and He did it incredibly well. You and I are born to live. And God has said so much about us coming into the earth. You know, when a baby is born, there's so much hope connected to it. So much connection to the newness of life. If I can encourage you with this third point here, the first one is your future is bigger than your past. The second is God's promise is stronger than the lie. And the third one is God's purpose will prevail over any distraction. I can't encourage anyone enough in this room to get serious about God's purpose for your life. Why do you do what you do? God's purpose. Why did you take that job? God's purpose. Why did you come back to Berlin when everyone else is on holiday? God's purpose. 
Why do you do what you do? God's purpose. Why do you write them songs? God's purpose. Why do you bring health to the sick? God's purpose. Why are you designing that product? God's purpose. Why are you bringing solutions into a crazy world? God's purpose. You know, when you look at an architect, they once started as a baby. When you look at a nurse, they once started as a baby. When you see the surgeon's hands skillfully woven your broken heart together again or removing tumours or cancers, you are reminding yourself that that surgeon started as a child. When that singer, Handel's Messiah started as a child, when them designers started, they started as a child. Every child is a gift from God. They carry with them gift. They carry with them potential. They carry with them our future unto us. A child is born. How hopeful is God? But I'm trying to help you to understand, don't get sucked into the distractions. When every child is born, 250 in the last minute, you don't know what every child and the potential every child carries. To a believer, to a follower of Christ, having children is one of the greatest expressions of our trusting in God. In our Western culture that is desperately struggling from an absent or a, a, a diminished childbirth rate. The fact is you and I need to pay attention to that for one reason, well, lots of reasons, but predominantly is if a nation or a civilization is not having children, they have no future. That's not philosophy, that's just common sense. What I'm trying to get through to you is for a, a Christian is that when we have children, it is a declaration that we are trusting not our children, but that we are trusting God and our children are an expression of our commitment and our trust in a sovereign God. Why? Because when children come into the earth, they come in with so much potential. And maybe you have had a rough journey. Maybe your journey hasn't been the best, but when you bring God into your story, He turns it around. When you bring God into your story, He takes your mess and turns it into a message. He is the God who redeems. He's the God who restores. He's the God that is hopeful forever and ever. Unto you, a child is born. He will die, but you will live forevermore. Can anybody say Amen? Let's thank God for children being a gift from the Lord. You are a gift from the Lord. The day you were born was an incredible day, but the day you were born, that you know why you were born, I believe is even greater. So God is giving us a foundation to build upon. God is giving us a future to look forward to. And God has given us a promise that His favour will be with us and surround us forevermore in Jesus' Name, Amen. Can anybody say Amen today? Be encouraged today with Christmas. Be encouraged today with the proclamation of unto you a child is born. And, and do something about the purposes on your life and acknowledge that your future is bigger than your past. And really take responsibility for all that God has given you and has put before you because that's when life gets exciting. That's when life gets amazing. I believe that's what's in front of all of us. Can anybody say Amen?